Hey all of you out there in Eorzea, welcome to She Heals, I Tank, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Today is Friday, November 30th, and this is episode 148 of the shit podcast, Avi. That's almost, I like, that's almost three years of podcasts. Oh, I know. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I know, it's crazy. Uh, this is Avi Ayo. I kind of fucked up the intro by going off. Uh, a little bit. A little okay. weird. I'm Vegan Pete, of course. She's Avi Ayo. If you're joining us for the first time, you didn't know that. But if you've been joining us for the previous 147 episodes, you know who we are. Oh my god, I don't know how I feel about this. This is like the first time you haven't done the the always by my side. She's by my side. She's wonderful. <laughs> She's lovely. She's wearing starlight tights. <laughs> it's Avi Ale. How are you doing tonight, Avi? I'm tired. I'm but throwing I'm, you off now. I'm, I'm trying not to be. I'm better at picking it up than you are. You're like, I'm going to change all the things now that I, ch- I missed this one part. And I'm like, what? No. All right, so thank you to you, Avi, and uh, thank you to all of you joining us here at twitch.tv slash tank. And, you know, I didn't think we had any subs from when we were gone on vacation, and they didn't pop up on Streamlabs when I started the show last week, and then I turn it on this week, and all of a sudden they're there, Mm. and then I wait 20 minutes later, and some are gone, and there's some new ones on there. So I'm not sure if I got everyone, and if I added you and then you disappeared, I don't know what the fuck is going on. So apologies to all of you that didn't get a shout out. Hopefully I got you all now. I want to say thank you to Sunwise Buddha, Edge Odin Blast, Arc 2029, KK McLeod, Fail Sky, Broly489, Midnight713, Small Onion, Wando25, Futon44, Ocean Wilds, Ghost Wolf Rage, Grandmaster Drago, and Vix Ulf. Wow, that's quite a few, actually. Yeah, that's a couple or three weeks worth. So uh, thank you all for that. And we just got an anonymous gifter gave Real Chili a tier one sub. That's pretty cool. They actually, I just noticed that on Twitch that they just made it so you can anonymously gift a subscription, which I think is pretty cool. So I wonder if that means that Real Chili had uh, not subscribed yet. <gasps> Chili, no. He was at like 13 months. Well, he kind of, you know, like... <laughs> He may have blown all his cash at FanFest, yeah. so, you know, it's possible. Vegas will do that to you. So, we really appreciate all the support, and of course, any money we make from those subs gets put right back into the show. We'd love it if you used your free Amazon sub on us, but if you can't or you don't have it, uh, we'd love it if you tell a friend and help us grow this great uh, community that, you, that we have. Uh, if you ever join us live, we have a very active chat. And we have a pretty active Discord now as well. And Discord is the way that you can call in live to the show. Or you can chat with us during the week. Um, well, mostly me. Pete's, uh, Pete only comes when we summon him. He's not very good at the Discord chat. I, I'm trying. <laughs> I posted on there today. I know. I was like, oh, I was But surprised. we really love when you guys call in. So be sure to join the Discord and join our on-deck circle. And then Avi will drag you kicking and screaming live on air. Mm-hmm. And you can tell us what you're thinking about the game right now. I'm like jealous of your level of energy right now. I'm like, I need to like suck out your energy. I need some of your hyperness. You can suck me out anytime. Oh, you went there. And... So you can let us know how you're feeling about the game. To be honest, I had a kind of a cruddy week in game. 
I had well, it's a, not like you had a cruddy week. You kind of had a nothing week. I had a little bit of the post-FanFest blues, I think. <laughs> like, I got so hyped up from all the FanFest stuff going on and all the announcements. And then you get back I, and none of it's and in the game. We get home and you're like, man, I wish that was in the game right now. And uh, it actually, it happened to me too. Like, it really did. DDoS attacks didn't help us this week. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on. Ruined one of our nights. We'll get to that. We also have a pretty nice article with Yoshi P, Soken, and other Final Fantasy XIV dev team members. <laughs> but before we get to any of that, we have everyone's favorite segment. Greenleaf Minute. It's the Greenleaf Minute. And this week's Greenleaf Minute will help you understand what those little status symbols next to a character's name mean and how you can go about changing yours. I wish they would actually let us change ours, like make custom ones. So you have a little uh, green leaf minute shit next to your head? Yeah, like a little green V. With the, so oh, you just want a like vegan. vegan Pete. Your name already says vegan Pete. Like, why I, do you I, need more I vegan? I need to yell it even louder. I mean, you look like a giant broccoli. I think you're yelling it loud enough. Just want I just want my own symbol. <laughs> I, I want to be. A, I think you should do the, I the want green to be leaf. A snowflake. I think it should be the poop with the green leaf. I think that would be wonderful. I think that'd be wonderful too. But why don't you tell us? What people actually can get. And thank you, Anonymous, again, for giving Mog Moxie a tier one sub. So I figured the best way to start about going about this was to tell you how to change your player status. Um, I actually realized I, I personally don't, don't ever change my status. So I actually had to go into game and be like, okay, where do I go? And it's quite intuitive. It's just not something I'd ever done. So I only know the shortcut for one and it's slash busy. Oh, yeah. And, I didn't even go into the tech shortcuts for any of them. And I only know that one because I learned that you need to do that just like when you we, when the housing rush starts, mm. you have to do that or else like someone else can click on you and interrupt you. Like trade with you. Yeah. So if you're busy, no one can do that shit to you. Ah, that's, that's a good green leaf tip right there. Um, so again, I didn't go into all the text commands, um, but what I did was actually like how to physically go through and, and adjust it because there's more stuff you can adjust within your player status area. So um, first, we're going to go over how to do it on a PC. In order to change this, you need to access your party menu. Access your party menu. So if you are already in a party, you're simply just going to right-click your character name and edit search info. Otherwise, you're going to want to open your party menu either by pressing the O key on your keyboard or through the mouse by selecting the party menu and then party members. From this list, you're going to right-click on your character's name and select edit search info. Um, if you're on a PlayStation 4, you're simply going to highlight your character, select options using the square button, and set your status under Edit Search Info. So again, it's kind of similar but different buttons. Uh, so once you open the Search Info window, you're going to basically see what other people see when they search you. You're going to see your character's name, your player status, your levels, your search comment, uh, uh, other things as well, like... Stuff about your FC, your grand company, your languages. There's actually quite a bit of information in this little tiny box. Um, and from this window, you can change your player status as well as your search comment. So um, the there are quite a few player statuses available to you. I guess I didn't count them. Um, some of them have to be unlocked, like the mentor ones. Um, but so all of them are. So online, this one is a gold circle with a little squiggle in the middle. Which is what you most commonly see on people means like they're online. It's the same as the disconnecting one, just gold instead of red. red. Yes. So that looks like a pokeball. That's why if people are disconnecting, people will say, "Uh oh, pokeball." Mm, okay. 
Uh, there is the mentor, which is a larger go- golden crown, which you have to level, um, a DPS, a healer, and a tank to 60, as well as doing some follow through quests in order to unlock, uh, the mentor. But then they actually break mentor down into three subcategories. Be careful when you see someone with this symbol. <laughs> it's a crapshoot. It's 50-50. I, so, I leave my mentor on. Sometimes it will be someone who's very knowledgeable about mm-hmm. all the jobs. Uh, I think I took my mentor off because I didn't want to get any questions about healing. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, I leveled a healer. I have my mentor, but I'm going to take it off because I'm in no position to mentor anyone on healing. I find like even though I don't tank, the questions that are that happen are usually when I'm in lower levels. So I don't. I can answer those questions, so it's not too bad. Well, I can answer, like, general a- generalities. That's the word, I think. <laughs> and, um, but if they ask me, like, what spell should I use? I'm like, fucked if I know. I, people don't really you get... You read your tooltips for that, bitch. I, I think you're just scared. Like, people don't usually go that far into depth with the whole mentor oh, thing. People that talk to me do. Oh, really? <laughs> um, okay, so then next is the PvE mentor, which has a small gold crown with a yellow sword over it, which means you basically only know how to fight encounters. Um, there's a trade mentor, which is a small gold crown with like a silver hammer on it. So that'd be like a crafting mentor. A, yeah, a crafting mentor. I will never have that one on because I'm like, bitch, I may have these things leveled, but that was all through Grand Company turn-ins. I should have that one on. You should. You'd be good at that. Um, next is the PvP mentor, which is a small gold crown with a little blue flag. And I don't think I've ever seen this one. I don't, yeah, that means, you know, if anybody has any PvP questions, you are the man or woman to, to tell them what to do. Um, the busy one Pete was referring to earlier, which you can also do by backslash busy, which is like a red little sad face. Uh, and again, that also means that people can't uh, send you tells and they can't offer to trade with you. It, it, and if someone does a party check and you have busy on, you don't receive the party check, the ready check. Um, and then next is away from keyboard, which this one actually automatically happens after so long of not doing anything in game. I believe you can set it to not do that. You can, though. yes. Uh, and the shortcut for this, if you do have it set to never go AFK, is just slash AFK. Mm. So if you want to make it to your AFK, you backslash afk and that is a little red chair so if you ever see someone with a little red chair that means they're not there so don't try talking to them uh next is one that i'd actually never uh see people use either which is looking to meld materia and this is a little yellow hexagon it has kind of like a clear diamond or triangle in the center of it there's some weird ones and i think they were in there from like the original game where you needed people to meld your gear and now you only need them to overmeld gear. Which is so. why it's still there, because you still may need someone to meld, so it's still an option. I think people more often will use the party finder for something like this. Because than- I, I was looking at the whole list of all of them. We're not going through all of them. And there was also a, a looking to repair. Actually, yeah. So the one you sent me, the screenshot you sent me, Pete, was from a website. The ones that I'm sharing with you guys are all accessible from the player search window. So these so are only ones, that one. probably. So then, I wish not- we could repair other people's gear, though. That'd be fucking amazing. That's that's eleven right there. Uh, so there's only two more left. So we've got uh, one that's very common that you see is a gold RP, and that means role playing. So that's for anyone who's um, on Balmung. <laughs> no, but who's who's into like the story and and you know is in a role of their character or, or is actually like seriously taking it on. So so when you interact with them, you are in the world of Eorzea. You're not talking to them like. 
hey dude what'd you have for dinner last night you know you want to you want to at least be respectful of the fact that they have the rp symbol up i respect the shit out of them i just don't talk to them at all that's fair it's probably better for everyone involved and then finally we have looking for party which is a green hexagon with a like a clear flag in the middle of it um, which you don't really see. I don't very know if often. I've seen that one either. No, because we have Party Finder now, so it's not really something that you do use all that often. Yeah, it seems weird because you'd only see that like if you run into them in the open world, or if you do a player search. People on People will do it in Eureka. Mm. They would do it in Eureka, and and that's that's really when I saw it. Um, Those type of weirdos. No, because some people like in Eureka wanted to be solo, and some wanted to be invited, so they would put that up. And then finally, I thought I'd bring this up because you are within that window. Uh, if you want to change your ser- your search comment, you seriously, there's a text box and you type in what you want it to type. I believe it's a maximum of 60 characters. Um, so make a point to, you know, treat it like a really, really, really short tweet. Looking for sexy cat girl will give Gil. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think mine says something about our podcast on it. So you can use that for, for pretty Listen much whatever you want. to the shit. Some people will, will use that little uh, space to put what their mains are or mm. what crafters they um, have specialized in. Just to brag, I've leveled every character or every job. No, because you can see that already. So they need to say, you know, like, you can see that, but I main this one and this one or I level this and this. Like, that way they know if, pe- if people are, like, trying to find someone for a party, that's, that's their information. Like McLeod says, looking for a sexy tie. Yeah, no, 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 no. Well, thank you for that, Avi. Now it's time for news and notes from around the realm. And first off, we missed this piece of news while we're on vacation. There is currently a free login campaign going on. You have until December 23rd to get 96 hours of free playtime if you've been unsubbed for a bit. And for those of you like me who are bad at math, that's four days of free playtime that you can get. To be eligible for this, you must have, uh, your account must have been act- inactive for at least 30 days. And as always, the most important thing to know about this is that once you log in via the game launcher, the patcher, uh, that's when your time starts. Right. So if you're listening right now and you're like, holy shit, I want to play on Sunday, wait until Sunday. Don't do it now because as soon as you log in, it's going to start your time. Well, I mean, if you start now, you'd still be able to play through Sunday. Yeah, but if you're like, oh, I want to start it now, I want to pre-patch everything, yeah. I haven't played for a long time, but you can't play until Sunday, then you just wasted two days of your play time. And also, if you're on PlayStation 4, you are able to update the game without logging in now, which is pretty handy. Thank Ooh, you, Chili, for sharing bonus that. Green leaf. Yeah, our super, our PlayStation guy. <laughs> so be sure to take advantage of that. If you have any friends that have stepped away from the game, but you're still in contact, if they still stop by your Discord or whatnot, let them know it's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, Avi, your favorite thing in the world. <laughs> no. So uh, the Mog Station is currently having a sale on a few emotes. Call it their uh, Cyber Monday sale, even though it's like for a week. Uh, I think it's even later. It's until sometime in December. Oh, wow. I Well, December is tomorrow, I think. Or the next day. Pretty soon. Um, so uh, you can get the Power Up, Pretty Please, Play Dead, Eastern Dance, Eastern Stretch, backflip and eastern greeting for four dollars and ninety cents each and you can also get the mega flare emote for the discounted price of eight dollars and forty cents they couldn't even make a good bundle for us no bundle now give me all of them for five bucks then maybe i'll do it <laughs> okay no. i'm not paying 4.90 each for these fucking emotes 
Well, that's and I believe it's thirty percent off their standard price. Um, yeah, I'm. I I actually have some of these already. I have the Play Dead and I have the Eastern Dance and the Backflip. I have Play Dead because someone gifted it to me. Mm. I think I I like the Eastern Stretch and the Pretty Please. Like probably the Pretty Please a lot because I'm like please. I I can see me using that a lot, but I'm I'm good. I spend enough money in Vegas. Play Dead's the one that's worth it, especially if you're a Lala. Lala that boy that has the best Play Dead. The Lala boys are amazing. They're they're booty up in the air. Awesome. Head down, ass up. Uh, Square Enix has also added some new glamour items um, that had previously been available only on um, some of the, I believe it was the Chinese servers. I don't believe it was the Korean. I believe I'm, I'm not really positive on this. I should have looked that up. I forgot that that was there. <laughs> um, and they are. Did you just say they're all the same? No. Oh. I was going to say that's kind of racist. I obvious. said I should have looked this up. I forgot that I had this there. I don't know where you heard all the same. I read between the lines. Okay. Um, so they are called the, um, Eastern Socialites Attire for the female characters and the Mungeik, M-U-N apostrophe G-A-E-K attire for male characters. I don't know how to say that. Mungeik. Um, they will run you $18 for a single character (laughs) and the items are fully dyeable, which is at least fun. Um, I do really love the Socialites Attire. I wasn't, um, super interested in it until I tried it on in game. It looks a lot better in-game than it does out because it kind of looks like gear that we've actually got in-game and the boots that come with this. Like, can talk about these boots? I I actually love these boots and I they're the kind of boots that I wish I could rock in real life. But um, Why can't you rock them in real life? Because I'm a big klutz and the, the height of the heel would just kill me. Uh, I want to see it so bad. I would die. It would be lots of death. You want to see me die? That's so loving of you. Heart so. wants what the heart wants. <laughs> So there are also a few items, um, which we are also a little late on. Uh, the FanFest in-game items have now been added to the Mog Station, which are the SDS, SDS Fenrir Motorcycle Mount and the Wind-Up Tifa Minion. Both are account-wide, um, which is great because if you didn't go to FanFest and you're having to pay, you know, cash for these, that mount is going to run you $30. It Ooh. does fly and it has Jesus. a faster speed than other mounts. And the Minion is going to cost you $7. And I will be giving mine away, but it's going to be during our next extra life stream, which is going to be sometime next month. We your, haven't your mount, yeah, mm. haven't been able to schedule yet, that yet because I don't care about that bike. I don't want the bike. Um, I like the bike actually, and I know purists are like angry at me for saying this, but I really wish I could paint it. I want, I want to have it. I want a pink bike. Oh yeah, if I if <laughs> I could like dye it bat- lime green, then maybe I would. Keep right, it. you had a metallic green. Like I think that'd be really cool. So I, I don't know. I would love to have the option to like paint the bike i don't know that i think that would be just really cool uh so yeah i don't i'll probably give away my tifa no i kind of like collecting minions <laughs> fuck off it's mine <laughs> okay we had the winners for the fan fest costume contest and i actually have those pictures avi i can bring up what i did some work and i'm pasting the link in the chat so anyone who has not seen uh them yet um you can now see no that's bad that's that's not the oh that's the costume contest not the art contest i said costume well you said costume and art so i was no i said costume i wrote costume and art but i said costume ah so we're starting with third place in third was melinda chan of balmung with a badass bard costume and this was damn well done and that bow looks amazing She's got a really beautiful uh, blue coat on. Well, and there are actually two uh, cosplayers that did this exact same glamour, and and hers was 
I mean, they were, and they were both incredible, but hers just like stood above the other one, just, just enough to make you go, damn, did you see that bard? Like, cause we were actually, that was actually said. <laughs> and we're in line for Yojimbo during this, but it was nice, even though it was in like a separate ballroom, they yes. had a nice big screen so big we could watch it while uh, we were waiting in line. Yeah. It actually caused me to like not move in line a yeah. couple times. Cause a lot I was of like, people were doing that. <laughs> And then in second place, and I think this might have been my personal favorite one, mm. was a Kefka from Sir David Bowie of Ultros. He lives. Um, I think what was so great about this cosplay is not just what he looks like, because in all honesty, on all three of these, I do have to say the pictures don't do them justice. Um, he moved like Kefka, and he like yes. he he totally embodied the character, and it was wonderful. Like kind of like lankily ran across, yeah, like kind of like jumped, and then and he had like the laugh, and and he was just he was perfect. And then the winner, the grand prize winner, was Zena Himmer, was, and they're on Balmung, so I'm assuming that's like some sort of lore appropriate name. Uh, mm-hmm. and his little son cosplay. He, I actually saw him in person in the hallways first, and I was like, holy cow, that's the best cosplay I've seen yet. And he won. So, like, I think he's the only solo cosplayer. I'm not a big, like, photo taker of everybody, but, like, I had to take a picture of him because he looked incredible. And you you can't even really tell from the image. You can kind of tell, but, like, the cracks in his axe actually lit up, and it was just very, very well executed. The attention to detail was incredible. And for anyone that doesn't know who Little Son is, that is Magni. Yes, that is uh, Yishtola's bitch. No, not really, but he wants to be. So congratulations to all the winners for that. And they also announced the winners of the art contest, but I felt like trying to get those pictures up on stream didn't do them justice. Mm -hmm. And being a majority podcast, I know we stream as well, but as for pictures that come through on the podcast, doesn't work too well. So we're just going to link that into chat for you and it will be on the show notes. Um, but they had two two categories, a digital one and a physical one. And the art was all incredible. Um, and you can all see that. We, we've also tweeted that out recently when it was announced. And congratulations to everyone for all your hard work. And anybody who was a finalist, like putting your time and effort into that is wonderful. And you all did amazing. amazing and I'm work. super jealous that I'm not artistically talented at all. So... Good job to all of you. My favorite uh, was you tweeted out something that was like a stick figure, like how I could draw six months ago and then like how I can draw now that I've taken art classes and it's like you added a shadow. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I love you. Yes. <laughs> That's about my skills. Yeah, because he was really trying really hard and so it was just funny. All right, now we have Tweet of the Week, Avi. We do. And a little bit of a bonus this week because you decided to pick one as well. I did, because it made my week. I like the one from James. I went with a, someone that actually did a hashtag tweet of the week this week. Uh, James says, at She Heals I Tank, when you both decided to move to Gilgamesh, were there any other factors aside from friends and the FC? Did you consider other servers? I'm trying to hop to another server as well, but it's so much pressure. Any opinions on Famfrit or Leviathan? And I also picked this one because I think it's pretty relevant with the announcement we got at FanFest right. of the world visits. Mm-hmm. So first of all, at this point, I wouldn't recommend anyone transfer servers nope. right now. Don't do it. Because the data centers are going to be broken up and you're probably going to get a free transfer in the near future. It's coming in 4.5. So sometime in January. I don't know if it's coming in the first part or the second part, 
So either January or March. Uh, so just hold off if you can. Yeah. You know, if you're really desperate, then yeah, move to whatever server you want to be with friends. And that is the main reason we moved our uh, FC on Adamantoids was fairly dead uh, to the point where the leader was gone and I got auto promoted to leader. And I just don't have the time to actually grow a FC. Well, pizza. I mean, we have our podcast. and You guys all know the reason we have this podcast is because Pete's an introvert. Pete's the guy who logs into the game and he raids or he crafts and he does all these like solo. Well, raiding's not solo, but it's like he I ERP, but it's by myself. Oh, okay. That's that's what I figured. That's what the sock is for. Got it. Um, <laughs> I thought it was a poop sock, but it's not. Not a poop sock. Um, and so we, be, being someone so solo uh, and introverted makes it very difficult to put that that level of energy you need in the podcast and in the FC and in the raids. Like, and, and it was it was not really growing. So. Um, I think it was better for all of us to to move over and have fun. Now we're like organizing Halloween events and uh, we're doing a yeah, holiday event. Yeah, I like taking events. part in the events, but I'm the bad. I'm not a good person to organize no, any of those. No, events. he procrastinates way too much. He like he has the he likes the idea of it, but not the actual act of organizing it. Um, and so what I really actually liked is so Pete and I both responded separately to James through the She Heals I Tank Twitter handle, and I tend to I've started adding like a heart at the end just so that like as my my signature. So you don't think me. I would add hearts at the I end? Mean, you can. Um, and then he responded with, uh, "I love that I can tell based on the responses who is who," and I thought that was really cute. Um, instead of a uh, end tag for me, I'm just gonna start s- starting every tweet with "Hey bitch." Okay. I, I, That's how you'll know it's me. Okay. I don't like that, but okay. Um, and my favorite tweet, and I just wanted to share it because it made me feel really good. So I tweeted out a poll, uh, because I, so during our, our, um, extra life campaign, Chili turned my character into Lala and it was really fun. I think she was very cute. Ooh, he's a wizard. I know. Um, but I'm, I don't see myself as a Lala. And so like it made glamour not fun for me in game and the game's already slow and to lose that was kind of like, Wow, uh, this isn't. Ugh, I don't know what I'm doing, but I, and I kind of got the idea to just. To, I wanted to make me in game, like, I, and I wanted to to do that, and and I so one first. I guess I was talking to to Susan Sprinkles, um, an FC member, and I said I made a, a hire and I made a, um, an Ellison, and I said so. I was thinking one of these two, and she's like, "You're not that, and you're definitely not an. You're not a hire. That's too boring for you," is what she said, and then she said, "And the Ellison is too proper and stiff," and I was like. Well, I don't know. Well, what am I? She's like, you're like an IRL Mikote, which, by the way, felt like I was just told I was one of the cool kids. Like, that was like, oh, the my Mikote God. The Mikote are the cool kids? Totally. They're like the cheerleaders. What? Yeah. They're the favorites of Square Enix. It's obvious. Uh, so I, that's why everybody hates on them. Not like the Lala hate on them, but like the, oh, of course you're a Mikote. Like, you're a mean girl? They're mean girls. Yeah. Um, And so that's why, if you saw my poll, it came out with four Mikotes with different looks is because that was, you know, how that worked out. But... um. Mog Moxie is actually my tweet of the week, responding so that they selected A, since one, you're super pretty, two, you don't have markings, three, you look around 24, where the others have younger faces that make me think around 16 to 19. So that was super sweet and and all that. Like I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so thank you very much. <laughs> and I love that you like just typed that the new character is spot on and, and you got to hear that. I got to see your reaction live. That was awesome. And as tweets of the week, you guys win... Uh, thank you. Good job, guys. Way to go. All right, Avi. What's next? Oh, you want to do a song? Take a look. It's in a book. 
We're teaching Pete lore. <laughs> it's better, actually. Look at my singing voice. It's amazing. It was so good. <laughs> I couldn't even harmonize with that. All right, so. I'm so good. Can't even harmonize. So good. Um, what do you got for me this week, Avi? This, this is off the new one, right? Yeah, we have the brand new Encyclopedia Eorzea 2. I mean, I know we didn't get through Encyclopedia Eorzea 1 yet. but This is EE squared. It is. And so this, I figured our listeners would, you know, less people have this book, so they might want to hear more out of it than you. And what I really like about it, actually, is that there are a lot more small segments. So it's kind of easier for us to read because there's not like half pages of written text. Do they use smaller words? Because that would make it much easier for me to read. Not a little bit. No. Not even a little bit. Damn it. So um, this book, I haven't really gotten very far into it because we're obviously just starting now, uh, focuses in the beginning on Eastern culture and technology. And I do remember like noticing how different all the etherites looked in uh, the Eastern areas. You know what I noticed? Huh. Nothing. You didn't notice that they looked so different? I don't pay attention to that stuff, man. I'm like, oh, there's a fucking blue crystal for me to click on. Oh, my God. So the, I, I actually chose the etherites and the tenkanto. Tenkanto. I God damn it. A what? what? Tenkanto. Um, What's tenkanto? That's what we're going to find out. Ugh, just tell me already. <laughs> because I, I thought maybe this was something. Why are we playing a guessing game? I thought this was something you would have noticed and wondered about as well, but obviously no, you didn't no, even no. a little bit. I've been trained that like when you get your haircut, that when you come home, I say, oh, what a nice haircut. I don't notice that you got a haircut. I know, I know. And I, I appreciate that about you. say it. Yes, I appreciate that That's about you. That's my power of observation. I know, I know. Okay. <laughs> so etherites are arcane constructions which facilitate the use of teleportation magics. You know that? Um, I do know that we use etherites to teleport. The vast yes. majority of them were built by Charlayan artisans, whereas the Ten Konto, which are the ones of the Far East, were built by the Onishishu. All right. I hardly know about the Charlayans. I know. I know, well, I know about is, ancient Charlaya. So it actually, and now they're adding on an even more obscure group of people that actually, I have to fucking care about. You actually know who the Onishishu is, but they didn't. They explained them in the next paragraph. But they're basically the Eastern craftsmen, like the guys with the paper guy and everything that you like from. Oh, the, the one from the Domen Enclave. Yeah, like all their their craftsmen are known. I probably as, should have remembered that from the story, huh? Yeah, you did. Like I'm that. just like, ooh, cool. They're making paper. So, so for all intents and purposes. The uh, Tenkanto works the exact same way as the normal Eorzean Aetherite. That sounds very American Indian, actually. Tatanka. <laughs> All right, I'm actually trying to like skip over some of this, so it's not as long. So the um the link between the Aetherites and the Tenkanto is actually is they found on uh the expansion of ancient Alag. And I know Alag. Oh, you do. Me and, and him are good friends. <laughs> so the design of the Eorzean Aetherites was originally based on the. Ex- on the analysis of a dormant elegant relic unearthed by a bunch of people in the sixth astral era. So what I'm getting is like the aetherites are kind of like sandwiches. Like every culture <laughs> has their own kind of sandwich, but it's always a little bit different. I feel the way about pancakes. I think every every culture has their own pancake. Like non. Yeah. Crepes, mm. pancake, tortillas. I feel like pancake. I like- my sandwich analogy a lot better. It's funnier. I think we should tweet it out and see which one wins. (laughs) I think every culture has a pancake. Um, So, and though... uh, Pancake and a schmuck. (laughs) It doesn't really... Dead air, Avi, dead air. I know, I know, because I'm trying to not read it all because it's super long. Um, 
So it doesn't actually explain how the um, Onishishu figured out. Bless you. Because <laughs> what they basically says is they've guarded their techniques and hid how they did it. So we don't really know how they did it. We just know how Eorzeans did it. We assume that they kind of figured it out the same way. Oh, yeah. I don't care how you made that fucking sandwich. I just want to eat it. <laughs> really? What if it's romaine lettuce? I will eat it. My stomach will fight the E. coli. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, it ends with, um, it's not unthinkable, unthinkable that determined technologies could have silently preserved their culture's legacy, even as the pillars of learning were torn down during the fourth astral era. Meaning, like, that the technology survived and they were able to create their own etherites, regardless of the knowledge and history that we're able to find on it. Amazing. I like it. Aetherites are sandwiches. <laughs> I don't even know. Good stuff, Avi. Thank you for enlightening me, as always. That I, tr- was, I tried. That to- was a thing. <laughs> I tried to not just read the whole thing because you get really bored and kind of snappy at me when it takes too long. So I was trying to like skim and, and not make it crazy long. But you know, hopefully, that was good. I liked it. Every culture is a little bit different, just like in real life. Like pancakes. K.K. McLeod wants a Reuben Aetherite. I want a cheese sandwich. Mm. I do like cheese sandwiches, chili. I like cheese. Just cheese and bread. I want a queso sandwich. Same thing. No, like queso, like nacho queso. Where it's like dripping off. That sounds messy. Sounds disgusting. It does not sound good at all. (laughs) Moving on. We're getting to some discussion, Avi. Oh, yay. Maybe. Super serious. Depending on how interested you are in this, it will either go quick or fast. Kind of like sex. It's up to you. We can do this quick. So true. Or we can make it a session. <laughs> it's up to the lady. <laughs> like, just tap on back. Hurry up. All right, Bubba. Come uh, on. I got shit to do. On the Final Fantasy site, a new article was just posted titled, A Look Back at Five Years of Final Fantasy Fourteen Part 1, A Realm Reborn. And this article was originally published in the Final Fantasy Fourteen official magazine, 5th Anniversary Edition which was on sale in Japan uh, last month. So, and the, the reason that it's such a big deal to start talking about A Realm Reborn again is, is if you were did not know, we're at the fifth anniversary of A Realm Reborn. Like, it's been five years. I feel like we've been at the fifth anniversary for like two months now. <laughs> well, I mean, if it was come back in October, then yes, it has been. But about a month and a half. It's been a bit. Uh, contributing to this article were Naoko y- Naoki Yoshida, Masayoshi Soken. We know about them quite well. The people- we do? The people I don't know well are Hiroshi Takai, uh, development supervisor, Mitsutoshi Gondai, development supervisor, and Nobuaki Komoto, lead game designer. Why don't you know? I just... Because you don't read. Because I don't have idols. I don't believe in them. You don't read. It's a pretty long article, so we can't cover everything in it, but we've picked our favorites, and we'll post the link to it in its entirety so you can read it on its own. I just hit my nose on the microphone. <laughs> I don't, do every episode. I, I, don't, <laughs> I go and I I don't really edit that much anymore, but I look at it and You're I'm like, like ah, don't. Ah, I'll be smacked her fucking face. <laughs> it's true. Okay. First question is, the seventh Umbral Calamity was an event created as part of your plans to rebuild Final Fantasy XIV. Where did the idea of tying this together with closing the servers come from? And Yoshida answers. When we realized something had to be done about version 1.0, 
we first did a thorough assessment of the game's failings and what aspects of it needed improvement. All of the core development team members were involved. It was a rigorous process with many late nights. Uh, we came together to discuss our results on December 28th, 2010. After everyone went over their reports, told them to go home, get some rest so I can go over the details and of what they found uh, during the New Year's break and think about how to proceed. So I began my review of all of their research. Uh, there was so much that needed fixing. I think mulling over it gave me a fever <laughs> on New Year's Day as I sat under my kotatsu thinking... Did, did you laugh because you thought that was funny or you laughed because the magazine put laughs in there? I'm trying to deliver this as if I'm him. Okay. Dick. That's what, that's what Yoshi P would say for interrupting him. Then he'd shake his jewelry at me. Yeah. Be like, don't make me hit you with these rings, bitch. That's what they're for. All right. Um, <laughs> um, and I actually, I actually really found this interesting. This is probably my favorite part of how, how of this article is this little bit here. It all that? goes downhill from here. Yeah, it really does. Um, so as I sat, uh, thinking about what to do, a television program came on talking about how the Mayans had prophesied that the world would end in 2012. And we had no concrete plans as to how we would rebuild the game at that time. But I'd been thinking that whatever we did, the maps would definitely have to be remade. And if they had to be built from scratch, then blowing up the world could be pretty interesting. Uh, and that's when I began writing the plot for the seventh Umbral Calamity. And by the end of January 2011, we had our plan for the game's rebirth. I love knowing that the destruction was based off of Mayan prophecy. I think that's really cool. I think that's really funny. And like kind of throughout this whole interview, like I wish they would make like a office S comedy ab about them, like trying to rebuild this game. I think that'd be fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay. And it just spit all over your mic. It was amazing. Um, that was my laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a spit take out of you. Yeah. Well, no, I, I swallowed my drink in time. Uh, so yeah, I think that's pretty cool. He saw a documentary. He's like, we should blow it all up. Like the Mayans foretold. And well, and it kind of made sure, made sense for the timing as well. And the next question is, so you had, so you had all come to an agreement that if the game world had to be destroyed, that it should be done as an event of sorts. You get to read the short one. And Takai, oh, did we go over who's you did. answering? Okay. And Takai says, we all nodded in agreement when we heard the idea from Yoshi P. It's like, very like, Final Fantasy. Like, I don't know who Takai is, but I feel like Takai would be the gym of the office and he'd like turn to the camera and just like, I guess we're blowing it up now. He's the development supervisor. Um, and Yoshida says, it's very Final Fantasy. I always read Yoshida. I'm going to do both of them. Nope. You just, nope. Read, you just nope. read that whole thing. Nope. Nope. It's very Final Fantasy and something most other what titles would never happened? be able to do, which made it all the more interesting. Nothing says Final Fantasy like a giant meteor hurtling toward the planet. So they're like, I always read Yoshi. This, He's my boo. This is Final Fantasy. We'll just do this. What's well, super? It's, it's, it is super Final Fantasy. <laughs> we're all going to die, but we're not. Could you tell us some of your most memorable moments from the development of a realm reborn? You can read Gondai if you want. Gondai. Gondai. He is the development supervisor. Wait, when there it... are two development supervisors. Yeah, probably so more Gondai than one. Gondai and Takai are both development supervisors. Gondai says, when it came to working on the battle system, Yoshida told me I could change things as I saw fit. Do you think Yoshi has that same mentality right now? 
Or do you think he became a little more of a control freak? He had to get more controlled because now you've created this world and things need to make sense within it. I wanted to stop right there. It's a much longer answer. But I agree. I think he probably has more control over things now. He's not just like, all right, we're in a time crunch. You need to just do this. Do it on your own. Figure figure it out. But I also wonder if that's kind of the mentality. I don't want to say they've become complacent. But I think, like, it's become a successful game. You don't mess with your cash cow too much. Right, but that... And has it become a little stagnant? Well, that's the problem, is that it's, um... If you go from Heaven's Word to Stormblood, uh, the problem was that there wasn't enough change. I, I think so, too. Like, that's the big thing, is they, they not only didn't change things, but they also gave us less. So everything from Heaven's Word to Stormblood felt like less. And I know, I guess we're reading this article about a realm reborn and it's supposed to be so, but but yeah that's that's the big problem is now that they're like we've got it set this way people like it this way whatever and then i hope i'm hoping that based off of everything that was said at fan fest and kind of alluded to that they've acknowledged that by keeping everything the same it makes it less and that it makes people i don't enjoy know if they less. acknowledge that at fan fest. no 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 i'm hoping by the changes that they're making that they alluded to the fact that like basically everything that they alluded to is kind of to me was saying hey we hear you I'm not so sure about that. I'm not willing to go that far. I feel like they're trying Doesn't to... Doesn't mean they're going to fix it. Yeah. I, 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 just, I feel like I they think definitely they're... tried... Uh... Okay, wait, wait. Basically, <laughs> you're thinking like this for like a man. Are you trying to woman-splain something yeah, to me? Yeah, I'm totally woman-splaining something to you right now. You're thinking about this like a man, and I'm thinking about this like a woman. So I'm thinking about it correctly? No. Like, like they're saying it... They're treating the fans of Final Fantasy like they're women, <laughs> and they're trying to be like, we hear you. And and this is how we hear you, and these are the things that show we hear you. But when it comes to actually implementing it, we're not going to do any of that shit. We're just saying this to shut you the fuck up so that you'll let us go and watch our goddamn football game. That's that's what they're doing right now. And and until they deliver and they actually take that fucking trash out the door. <laughs> so they said, look, sweetie. No, no, they weren't condescending about it. They were smart. And they said, I understand you know, I, I get that you don't like this. Look, babe, I put this plan together where every Tuesday I'm going to take the trash out and then maybe. And <laughs> I bought more so even, look, I bought these new trash cans. Aren't they beautiful? This can hold so much trash. You're going to love it. And that's all I got. Like, Smacks the trash can. Yeah, you know like, how much trash I can look, fit into shit. Look at these trash cans. They are gorgeous trash cans. We're going to we're gonna take out so much trash. Trash is just going to be gone all the time. And I'm like, baby, I love you. I appreciate that you heard my complaints about you never taking the trash out. Thank you. Next week I get home like, motherfucker, you just showed me some goddamn pictures of trash cans. And you ain't done shit about it. And I'm like, when those fucking trash cans arrive from Amazon, you better be fucking taking the trash out every goddamn week because those things are here now. Right now, you just show me a fucking order. Who the fuck orders trash cans from I don't Amazon? Know, it just, this is just kind of spiraled. <laughs> I love it, though. I think it's actually a perfect analogy <laughs> about what is happening. So we don't know. Like, like Square Enix is basically just like hinted at these things that could fix these problems. It doesn't mean that they're going to, but it means that they're saying, hey, I see that you're unhappy. They're going to give you hope. Yeah. I see that you're unhappy, and and this could potentially fix that, but it, it, it's probably not. It's probably you're going to get there, and the trash cans are like not big enough to hold all your trash, and so then instead of being able to take it out every week, you're going to like have to take some of it to work, and then some of like it's not it's not going to be quite exactly what you want, but you know it it, it might be halfway there. Halfway there. <laughs> so that's how women see the world when they're married. <laughs> wow. 
You're talking about me the whole time. I just realized that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay, so Gondai, Yoshida told him he could change things as he saw fit and then goes on to say, I was taken aback that he'd put so much trust in me. It was our first time working together and I barely knew him. After all, we'd been through version 1.0. I was feeling a bit paranoid. Ha ha ha. And then I was convinced that I had to do everything myself and that I couldn't depend on anyone for anything. Uh, but one man can only do so much. Yoshi P put me in charge of two people he brought over from another project he'd worked on previously, Sato and Yokozawa. They didn't exactly have any experience working with battle systems, so I thought, uh, are you guys only here to monitor to me? Monitor me? And I can't say I'd ever focused that hard on work before, but thanks to that focus, we were able to make something really special. What's more, I learned to trust in people again. Aww, the more you know. <laughs> um, but this this is like the beginning of the whole article. We're doing it in order. And it was at this point where I started thinking, like, they were under so much pressure to create something new, to fix something that was really broken. Mm -hmm. And they created something really good. Wonderful. And this just makes me think, like, like, and I, I get it at the same time. Like, it's their money maker it's mm -hmm. their cash cow you don't fuck with your cash cow no. that much right but if you let it go too long without making improvements without taking some real risks well you have to pay attention to what's happening in the industry as you, well if you're not going to evolve right you have to you have to see what people want what other games are doing you don't necessarily do what other games are doing but if other games start doing what you were doing then now what you were doing is old yeah. And it's repeated and they can get it anywhere. And I'm not saying that's necessarily happening. I don't play enough other games to know that. But it does mean that you need to kind of stay on top of your game. And this kind of made me want like another blow this shit up and make a new game basically. Mm. And I don't think we'll do that. But they kind of hinted at that as well. But they said like we're leading up to the next calamity. And fucking trash cans. And... I think it'd be really cool and really exciting, really innovative on their part if they did, if they were like, hey, we trust in our ideas. We're going to blow this shit up. We're going to make it better. We're going to do a graphics revamp. That would be awesome. And like the only thing they would need to do to really not piss people off is like everything that people have bought from the Mog Station. You have to have like the equivalent in the new game, like everything transfers over or else people just wasted a lot of money. Do you really feel it needs a graphic update and stuff? Um, I mean, people are still playing WoW, and that shit is painful. I think the graphics in Final Fantasy are still glorious. I think, I think they're wonderful. I think it'd be very risky and ballsy of them if they were to do something like that. I'm not saying they will or even that they should, mm -mm. but I think if you wanted to be a leader in the industry, if you wanted to start like setting your own path, not trying to play catch-up to WoW, which it seems like they're always trying to do, like... Even though WoW's so old. Well, but WoW actually did, like, uh, Icarus just said they could touch it up. WoW actually did, like, they <laughs> my nose on the microphone again. <laughs> You'd think I'm Italian by how much I move when I talk. Um, they, they could definitely touch it up. They could definitely kind of, like, improve things. I don't think it needs, it's not to the point where the graphics and the look of things and the overall interface needs, like, a whole overhaul. But I do think, like, I, I More think like the battle the, system yes. could use like a pretty big change. But that's different. That's not like the way things look. But if you said like, okay, 
I have to imagine, even though from what they say, the game's bigger than ever, I don't see that on the servers. Yeah. So I don't think they're growing like they want us to believe. So, But I mean, they're not going to put money into adding another data center if they aren't. That's what I thought at first, too. And then I thought maybe they really don't know how to fix this Raubon Extreme problem with the instant servers separate from just adding another data center. And that's a cheaper option than trying to fix their... Well, but I mean, I feel like they would have been able to fix that by just allowing people to, to go on to different servers rather than implementing the, the additional data center. They didn't need the additional data centers to do that. I don't know. I don't know enough about programming and how all of that stuff works to really know. That's fair. But I don't know. Seems to me like I, I don't see the biggest population ever like they like to tout out. Yeah. Not no. Right. Next question was, how was working on the music and sound for A Realm Reborn? Well, this is the first time I get to read Soken. You can edit this as you like, Avi. It's a very long answer. I will try. So I wasn't involved with looking into the problems with version 1.0. As the sound director... They were like, sound boy, you don't, you don't worry about the battle problems. Just do your thing. <laughs> Make it sound good. I was tasked with everything sound-related except for the music. Uh, my department also handled projects outside of Final Fantasy XIV. So when we were told we'd be working on it, we thought, uh, do we know what we're getting ourselves into? Um, I, so this is really a hard one to skip, actually, Pete. Uh, I remember having lunch. That's why I put it all in. <laughs> I remember having lunch with coworkers from the department. And we were talking about how we wished a meteor or something would just blow the whole thing up so they could start over. Uh, next thing I knew, this guy named Yoshida showed up saying, "We're hitting the reset button. Drop a meteor on it." And I thought, "No way! They're actually going to do it. This guy gets it." Uh, we were pretty excited. Up to that point, the office was—I wouldn't say it had like a bad vibe, but things felt very stagnant. Um, and so with the slate being wiped clean, you could tell people's feelings toward Final Fantasy XIV were changing. Um, and since our department works with a lot of titles, we are obviously bound to be influenced by the developers. And that was when people seemed to start lighting things up. And this whole blowing everything up, the meteor hitting was, it's also like a thing that writers do as well. They write themselves in a corner and then they have yeah. to write themselves out of it. And I don't think Final Fantasy XIV has had that since A Realm Reborn. And that's why I think some of us are starting to get a little bit bored with the same old story, the same old dungeons. Well, it's 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 just kind of sad because there's like progression in the game is kind of like once you've leveled all your classes to 70, then exp EXP means nothing. So anything that the, the, the bonus in running that is EXP means nothing. Anything that the bonus is poetics means nothing. Like if there was some way to use the EXP or the poetics towards something else, even if it was just like for every 100 poetic, you get one, uh, what's the newest one? Mendacity, or no, I don't know. No, it's one above Mendacity. So the Genesis? Phil Collins one, yeah. I always remember it as the Phil Collins one. I didn't want to say it, but you get one Genesis or 10 Genesis or something. like. But at the same time, it's like very rarely are you like, oh, I wasn't able to cap on tomes. Like it's not something that's hard. No, it's just, I feel like there's a big disconnect between so many different elements of the game and the, the game needs more fluidity between the different elements. And I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. Like it's you do the, you do A, you do B, or you do C, and there's not really any crossing, but they all kind of give you the end goal of either leveling you up or increasing your gear level. Yeah. But without crossing over in any way. And without having any sort of real roadblock. Like it's not difficult. It's hmm. not... Um. 
And then it's kind of like I moved my mic today. That's why it's in a different spot. And so if you're not going to make it difficult where when you beat it, you feel some sort of accomplishment, then you at least have to make it like very interesting. Like this should be if you're going to make these dungeons where you're going to burn through them on day one, then I think you should be putting more lore elements into these dungeons. And I think I'd be more interested in the lore if it was actually more stuff where you could click on on dungeons and Mm -hmm. learn stuff from that. I think that would be a good idea for them to add. Because otherwise, I they introduce a dungeon, and on day one, we're doing pulling until you can't pull anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not dying. I guess in this latest dungeon, the snowy one, I forget what it's called even, that last boss killed a decent amount of people. Yep. But uh, I, I enjoyed that. Like, any time I will yeah. die on a dungeon the first run, I'm totally fine with that. I actually, like... uh. I got I got mad when I got the other dungeon because I was like, oh, this one's just a freaking boring. I could fall asleep while I do it. But when I did that one, I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to at least be challenging. Yeah, make me pay attention. Even for a little while after, if you had like a bad tank, that last fight was like, ugh. <laughs> or if you had slow DPS. Yeah. All right. So next question is, it sounds like you were all quite motivated, but what was it that kept you going? Was it the chance for a fresh start? Sokin says, I wouldn't say it was our main driving force, but it was a much needed wake up call. And Kai says, there was a pe- peculiar, peculiar. I knew you were going to fuck that word up. Peculiar. Peculiar. No, that's not a word. Peculiar. Um, peculiar. That sense of optimism that things would work out in the end. And Gondai said, I was very focused on doing my part for the project instead of thinking about the overall synergy of the team. And when I saw the people around me around me making headway, I think you guys aren't leaving me behind. <laughs> that's cute. I think that's a good uh, like attitude to have. Like there doesn't always have to be synergy between teams. Yeah, sometimes it can help, but as long as you just do your fucking job really good, most of the time it's going to turn out pretty well. Well, so I I think it comes to part of what happened with the Realm Reborn was they had they knew what direction they were trying to get to. And and they had Yoshida said, this is our plan. This is where we're going. This is what's happening. And it wasn't that all the teams had to work together to do it. It's that they all had a clear understanding of what the end goal was. So they didn't necessarily have to work together in synergy. Kind of they now they need more. That actually says that now if if the synergy is more important now, it means that the story isn't as strong. Because they're trying to for to make sure that it all fits together, make sure it all flows together. But if the story and the goal is really clear and really strong, the teams will and the teams fully understand that they'll they'll get there together. I don't know if I totally agree with that because I think they do have a goal right now, and I think that's part of the problem. Like they have an endpoint, they're just trying to get there. They're not trying to deviate no, no, from no, no, the path it's too not, much. It's not just the endpoint; it's the the process. Like the I'd whole story they, has they, to be clear they to have everyone. The path. They're not trying to deviate from this path. When they were redoing the game, they were like, okay, you guys do your thing over here. Like, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know how you're going to get there. Just get there. See, yeah. I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think with Stormblood, I don't think it was as strong. So, I mean, yeah, you can say that. Uh, but was it not strong because they knew where they wanted to get and they were just trying to get there? I think it's not as strong because they're like, yeah, we've got the, um, the Alamegans. And we've got the Kugane, and everyone's like, yeah, this is so exciting. And then it was like, ooh, Kugane. 
oh yeah, the Alamegans is pretty much the majority of the story, but we don't really fucking care about them and we just kind of leave that behind. It's cool people want that, but whatever. Like there wasn't synergy in the areas. There wasn't synergy in the story. It felt like two very distinct separate storylines that kind of got smashed together. Like, and in when that happens, it's not going to be strength and it's not going to be quality. It's it's quantity is kind of what they're trying to do with, with story at least, which also means that the character development is weak, which also means that the content's going to be weak. It just makes everything weaker because you're you're spreading everything out further. Do you really think it's weaker? Yeah. Or do you think it's just more of the same and we're bored of it? I think it's weaker and it's the same. So yeah. See, because they, they didn't change anything else because they tried to give us more of like two different places, two different worlds, essentially two different continents. If they had just given us Alamigo and not done Kugane yet, then I feel like it would have been a stronger story and they could have put more changes in because they weren't focusing on trying to create so many different places. And so within that, we only got two jobs. We only got, like, you know, we only got no race. We got, we got less, but we got more places and we got more design and that, which takes a lot of work for them to do. But as from a player's standpoint, it's like, Oh, cool. That's pretty. Okay, I'm done. Yeah, we burned through Alamigo pretty quickly. I yeah. agree with that. Even uh, and Kugane, the same I, thing. I don't think it was necessarily that much weaker compared to a Realm Reborn I think it was so much weaker. Wise. I think the resistant movements were not coordinated enough. Thank you for sharing that, KK. I feel like it was... I feel like the development team got really excited about everything well, Kugane I, I related they... and they just felt obligated to the Alamigo because that's where they started. And I feel like Mog Moxie said 50 of one, 50 of the other. I feel like we got 30 of one, 70 of the other. Oh, of Alamigo and yes. Doma? I agree. Yeah. Uh, especially for something that was kind of billed as the Alamigo expansion. I think expansion. they just got... When you get excited and something really clicks and it really works for you, which was Kugane, as much as I love Alamigo and I think that they should have done the Alamigo, I think they should have dropped Alamigo. And the only reason they continued it is because it made more sense with the story. But the development team had way more fun with Kugane and everything there, which is why the development there is so much better. But because it's split in two ways, it's not going to be as good as Heaven's Word was. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I would have preferred them focus more on Alamigo. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that their storytelling is, which one they focus on. is weaker one. than I a do. Realm Reborn. I totally Because you go back to Realm Reborn well, I'm doing and I, I started to replay it a few times. And it's like, I noticed some of the same shit. And I think it was just because it was new mm -hmm. that we kind of forgave some stuff. Well, but not... now that we see the same mistakes in storytelling over and over again, it's like, come on, let's let's try to get better. I'm, I'm not comparing um, uh, Stormblood to A Realm Reborn. I'm comparing it to Heaven's Ward because those are both expansions. And that's a different different world, different bag of beans than Realm Reborn, where you're recreating everything, you're figuring things out, and you're you're basically creating a whole new game built off of another game, which in itself is crazy. Like they just, I get it because like I've done projects like that where you're like, okay, we're we're doing this Alamiga thing because this is this is the progression of the story. Ooh, would it be cool if we threw Kugane in there too? Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then everyone just loves the Kugane side, and then the Alamigo side just gets forgotten, and it just gets you there. And, and, and it just gets forgotten. And the sad thing is that your entire player base was emotionally attached to the Alamegan side. I, I think is they set us up for that expectation. Well, no. Be, yeah, because that's the way the whole story was yeah. going. That's what I'm saying. As and I that's think, why we were all like, what the hell? We're done with this already? Yeah. And I think that was the dev team just going, they got really excited about the Kugane side and with developing it and creating it. And I mean, even if you look at the designs of places and things and gear and buildings and characters and everything, I mean, there's a fucking dude that has the, the like, makes sushi. 
like has the the motions on his hands to perfectly make a freaking like shishimi sushi roll, nigiri sushi. Like you don't see that in El Amigo. The oh, detail yeah. level I in totally Kugane. Wish, like I've been saying that since the Doman Enclave. I wish we would have got something like that for El Amigo. That was awesome. Well, I just I I'm, I'm not more El Amigo or more Kugane. I wish they'd have dropped one. I wish they'd have just done one and then picked the next expansion and done the other one. And that's what I think. I think they have a roadmap. They're like, we need to go to Alamigo. We need to go to Kugani to get to Garlemald. And we need to do it in this time frame. So we need to push everything together mm-hmm. and just to get there. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think happened. But we know, we'll, we'll probably never know for sure. Mm-mm. Next question was, Final Fantasy XIV had a clean slate starting with A Realm Reborn. But what kind of game did you want it to become? And Gondai responded, While drawing on our experience creating Final Fantasy XI, we also took inspiration from World of Warcraft, which was incredibly popular at the time. Rather than focus on forming parties to go kill monsters for experience, we wanted players to accomplish this through completing quests, so they could enjoy themselves even when playing solo. Of course, we also wanted to put an emphasis on story and scenarios where players joined forces to overcome powerful enemies. Another important aspect of the game uh, was time. As working adults, we thought it would be more appealing if people could play without having to devote significant amounts of time to it. And I think I've brought this up before when we're talking about like the tome grind, how it's so easy to do. And if that was a function of me and you who grew up on early MMOs not having the time to devote to an MMO like that, so they're making it easier for people to progress. We wouldn't be playing if it if it was yeah. as grindy. I think the days of the grindy MMO are over. I, and again, and I, this goes back to my comment of people needing the immediate gratification. Like people need things. People's attention spans are much shorter than they used to be, and that's why you have. I don't even so think many it's things. That it's just like I've got too much shit going on. Like no, I people want don't to have do more something. shit going on than they used to. No, people have more instant gratification. Do. Like. Someone like in their 30s who might have a kid doesn't have as much time as a 18 year old going into college. Right. Like, but they don't have any more time than someone in their 30s did before. Like that's the same. I would I would guess that the average age of an MMO gamer now is higher than it Ooh, was. When... I mean, that's a fact. <laughs> like gamers. Yeah. Are playing so in general, earlier. the population is aging and they're trying to make the game appealing to that age. now. I, I agree with you there. Uh, Yoshi's next, his response. Oh, see, you learn. Games in the Final Fantasy series were originally standalone RPGs, so it was important to let players enjoy the game even when they're alone. And for any content that required help from others, we created the Duty Finder. In hindsight, there are several things I wish we could have done differently or gone back to fix, but we simply didn't have the time. Gondai chimes in again. As I said before, our intention was a system where players could level up through quests, but as we only had two years of development time, there weren't enough quests. This resulted in players playing through dungeons over and over again, which we never intended for them to do, and we certainly hadn't planned to implement a level-syncing system. Hmm. So I, I think this would be, this is a pretty interesting answer for someone that doesn't know the background of the game. Yeah. It's like, what? You didn't want us to grind dungeons for EXP? Because that's pretty much where we are. Yeah, that's what we have to do. Like, I don't want to do it again. Uh, and Yoshida responds, uh, knowing players would have a need to repeat dungeons, we took various steps to simplify their design, obviously. But the ones in A Realm Reborn still bear remnants of their original designs. 
For example, the sunken temple of Karn contains bees with a final sting attack that can kill you in one shot. Because of their placement in the original dungeon, players were ecstatic to clear it even once. And that was more challenging and more fun in the stuff we're saying we miss. It, it, it was, and they still have it there. And Takai says, The design of Tamterra Deepcroft was so complex, even if you had 90 minutes, you couldn't clear it. Hmm. Originally, this is Gundai. Originally, there were a lot of paths you didn't have to take, and you'd often find bosses waiting for you. But since these dungeons needed to be repeatable, we made changes so that even a random party formed in the duty finder could work their way through without getting lost. Kind of T- sad. Takai adds, there also used to be several places it, where if you fell, you'd have no way to get, get back to your original route. Oof. Gandai says, we designed it expecting players to run out of time on their first try and clear it on their second attempt. Sokin adds, and because there were, they were so much bigger back then, it was a nightmare rigging the sound. When I had to work on places like the Thousand Maws of Todorak, I was like, whoa, this is huge. Whoa, that's what she said. And... I didn't put it in, but he was kind of talking about uh, that section in there where you get that laden debuff and it makes you run slower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he was complaining about the, having to the do the sound effects for that. Oh, my God. And ori- originally there was a bomb and you had to get to that bomb before it exploded. And that's why they had that debuff in uh... there to prevent you from getting to the bomb, which I always wondered. I was like, why is this? fucking so thing here it's so fucking annoying and there's no point to it yeah it's because there used to be a objective i guess yeah and they should have just taken those out if they weren't going to have that objective in there it's and they're just pointless. like fuck it it's fine slow everybody down a little bit get them make them really grumpy when they get in here but these answers made me really wish that there were some more interesting dungeons yeah basically At- that's like that 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 middle tier of content that we kind of wish we had yeah, it's like, you don't have to make them very hard, but you can make them more interesting. Yeah. More more challenging, more like more puzzle-like, I suppose. Yeah, and puzzles is a thing of the Final Fantasy series, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Like, because it used to be, yeah, you had to put the, the flaming fruit, yeah. you know, like, and, and yeah, it used to, there were puzzles. So we, the, the two they mentioned, the Sunken Temple of Karn yeah. and Todorok, those are like the two ones that are a little bit unique yeah. in objectives like that. Well, even Hawk Manor, we had conversations, I think, on Discord about how different Hawk Manor was and how people like go the wrong way still. And, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, Hawk Manor was like a shift in the dungeons where you go from, okay, you're learning how to play your jobs to, okay, bitch, now you're going to play your job. It's basically on rails now. You're going one way. That's and- exactly. I, I hate that the dungeons are on rails. There's no There's no way to go the wrong way. None at all. And the next question is, there are normal, hard, and extreme versions of the primal battles, but what work goes into adjusting the difficulty? You can read Gandai because I have to read Yoshi. Gandai says, it is really about trial and error. Some people were saying that Final Coil of Bahamut was too easy, so while developing normal difficulty content and upping the overall scale of the project for Heavensward, we tried to make the Savage Raids hard enough to satisfy those players, and ended up catching a lot of flack for it. For that, you have our apologies. Yoshida says, I thought, anyone who can't beat Faust, enemy fought before the Boston Alexander, the fist of the father, should quit now. You said this game is too easy, didn't you? Then how about this? I guess I got kind of carried away and made a bad call. I don't know if he really got carried away. I think he did what the vocal part of the community was asking for. They were asking for a harder raid. And I don't think he was, uh, I, I don't know. I think he's saying it now that he was like, oh yeah, well take this. 
Um, but I don't think it was like that malicious. I don't. Th- I didn't take that as malicious at all. I think thought that as you want it, I'm gonna bring it. What? And then and then people are like, oh, that's too hard, and it's, and that's because the people with the loudest voices don't necessarily represent the the largest population. And I think the lesson for him is you don't always need to listen to your player base. Like there is a time. I don't know if determining difficulty is that time. I mean, I think if people are saying it's too easy, yes, but there's certain, you know, there's certain ways to listen to your player base. I'm not going to tell them don't listen to us. Well, it's not like don't listen to them, but it's like when you have people, a lot of people say it's too easy when they see the world first teams beat it in a week even though they haven't beat it for themselves or even stepped foot well, in there. And they, they probably never will, but that's because they enjoy watching the world first put the effort in, and they're sad that it's over in a week. That's that's what that is. I, I'd rather watch a sprint than a marathon. I've said that before. Uh, Where do we leave off? Takai uh, says, Back then, every time we'd beat a raid, we'd go complain to the dev team, why can't you design stuff that makes us feel good about completing it? I think... Players are asking that same question. Yes. And then they'd come back with, if we do that, then you and Mahiro will start bragging that it's too easy. Takai says, then I'd say, it's our job to give players something to brag about, though. Make the raids more fun. I mean, they're saying what we're all saying. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Gundai says, we don't mind to be boasting, but we got the impression you really did think it's not hard enough. We figured out that if you guys say it's too easy, it means we probably hit the sweet spot in terms of difficulty. So what he's saying is they build the fight, they give it to the dev team to play, and if they say it's too easy, it's probably good for the majority of players. Majority of players. And then you can make it a little bit harder for those, you know, world first if you want to do that. And I would imagine that the world firsters probably are better than the dev team in terms of maximizing DPS and stuff like that. Because there's been many examples of them saying, we didn't expect the players to do this, and all of a sudden they are able to beat it. That's very possible. Because they don't have a test server. All right, so uh, this is the last question from uh, this article. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about the transition from the original Final Fantasy fourteen to A Realm Reborn? And Komoto says, I remember being really surprised by the number of returning players. We weren't fully prepared for it and had to restrict the logins for a while, but I was thrilled that so many people came back to us, and there were lots of new players too. In fact, that day made such a lasting impression on me that it's hard to recall much else. I've got nothing but love for you guys. Thank you all so much. That's so sweet. Like I, like, I think everyone know. who worked on this like revamp is very touched well, by everyone threw- that made it succeed. Well, and it's because they threw their everything into it, and to have something that you throw your everything into, have people come back and just love it, is like, oh my god, it's more than I could have hoped for. And that's another thing uh, from every interview that I've seen about this time period where they were working crazy hours yeah. trying to get this going. I understand you can't put those hours in all the time. No, no, like, you, you'd die. <laughs> and it's like, that's probably what made Realm Reborn good. Like, Everyone is putting this much time in it, working that much overtime, and after a while, you can't. It's the passion too, and you can't work people that hard for that long. No, like you can't continue that pace. So I understand that they've dialed back the the amount of stuff, but they need to get more creative to make stuff more interesting. I I don't even think it's necessarily the amount of time. I think that you can't force this level of passion out of people. 
There's there's a difference when you're creating something new and you're trying to save something and it's going to, you know, you don't know what's going to happen that there's just this passion and there's this energy and there's this just like, how how are we going to make it work? And then there's, okay, we're, cre- we're, we're continuing this game we've worked on before. Yay, guys, let's make it really cool. What can we do that's cool? And yeah, they get excited, but that level of passion, they're never, ever going to be able to find that again, ever, ever. And I know Icarus keeps mentioning Blue Mage. Yeah, it's new content. Cool. Uh, and I think it is cool. I think I will have fun doing leveling it, finding all the different abilities. But I, I don't see the lasting power of it. Yeah, I don't. I see me going, okay, I played it. I got some of the, oh, I don't really enjoy this part or that part. I, I honestly, like, I feel bad. I don't see Blue Mage being something I want to do all and the like, time. And now I can't raid with it. Um, it's basically my solo it separates character. It's, it's, it's like a totally different game within Final Fantasy XIV. Which I'm, I'm glad they're adding cool. it because it does seem like something that is going to be, uh, as long as you're okay with the play style, it's something that's going to be very helpful to people who like playing by yeah. themselves, sing, yeah. single player. But again, it's something separate. Final, the and, Final Fantasy fourteen is so bad about separate, 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 separate. Yeah. I want more continuity within everything. And McLeod saying what I kind of have been alluding to, blow it all up again. Write yourself into that corner and figure your way out that's of it. That's what I'm wondering what they're doing with the Warrior of Darkness. I'm hoping that that's because I, it's I, so different from everything they've done, that it is them going, we're just fucking flipping this shit and we're going to figure it out. But they can't just do it story-wise. I think they need to change up the systems as well. I, I agree. I, I I do agree. I don't know how, um, but I do. I think I'm really over the tombstones. Like, figure out another way for me mm. to get gear. I I think it would just be really nice. I, I more open world, more like yeah, content together, more overlapping. I don't know. I just yeah. Um, all right, so Gendai responds to this. If there's anything else you'd like to say about the transition from the original 14 to Realm Reborn, because we've talked a bit, I'm trying to bring it back. It says, during the development of ARR, Yoshida told us to give it everything we had. But after that, it was, oh, our first patch is really important, so we have to work hard on patch 2.1. Then, we need to do our best on patch 2.2 as well. Wow, this is exactly what I just said. <laughs> and before we knew it, we were on to, the expansion is a huge deal, so we've got to give this our all too. And this was while working on Ninja and PvP, and I constantly felt like we were pushing ourselves way beyond our limits. Before I knew it, we ended up where we are today. I also remember taking part in the fan festival, and while I'd never done anything like that before, I was able to meet the fans in person and really get a sense that these guys are taking the time to play our game. It was an awesome experience. I'll be thinking about all you players out there while I'm working on 14. I know he didn't mean to, but he literally just told me he's burnt out. Uh, I think that's very common yes. in the industry. It's understandable from everyone. There are burnt out. And, and I, that's what I was trying to get at. I think that's important you for can't maintain that level developers of to go to events like this. And it's important for them to hold events like FanFest. And I think they do a lot more stuff in uh, Japan. They have like those uh, live letter like fate things you can go to, which is pretty neat. But I think they should have developers go to that. So they can actually see how much joy they're bringing to the player base. Yeah. Because you can read on forums that people are saying, oh, I really like it. But when you actually see someone like get excited about something you're talking about, like that really, you could be burned out by that jacks you up. Like that um, will get you high. I, I have to say from me having my business and having been burned out by it, I, that doesn't get you as high as you, you need to be. I think a good idea, and I don't know that this is something that would even be feasible, but Square Enix is huge. Square Enix has lots of games. I think if they could kind of rotate their developers into different games 
and allow them and it would totally change the style of the game and it could hurt it I, I think that's a good idea because they brought in the a different game designer for yeah. the new 24 man raid in this and i think the 24 man raid's been very good story-wise. Well, uh, and it's not just that I think they need to bring new people in. I think they need to let our people, the Final Fantasy XIV development team, work on other games. Yeah. Like, they need to let them have a break. Because like, Yoshi P talks about how great it is that, you know, like how it's okay for people to stop playing the game and go play other games because he understands burnout. Well, he needs to understand burnout for his team. And it is I, real. I even think burnout for him because I do yeah. think he has passion. I do think he wants the game to really succeed. But You what- can't force it. It has to it has to come organically, and it's the same thing. It's like you you kind of get set in your ways. I don't care who you are, you get set in your ways, yeah. and you get comfortable. Especially if things are going well, you get comfortable, and then you kind of lose a little bit of the creativity. Hey, let's shake things up. You lose the fire. And I'm not even gonna call it fire. You just you just I, like, I am. I don't know. You just lose when when you, your job you, re- you lose the risk taking part of well, it. What it is is you lose a fresh perspective you you lose the ability to come up with new ideas because you've created this world and you view this world a particular way and in this world you see particular things happening and if you can take a break and you can go work on a different world because that's what games are essentially you you'll see you'll you may bring your final fantasy element to that world and that might be great but then when you come back you'll bring whatever you did in dragon age or whatever you know i know it's not square enix but that's just another game i play you'll bring that back to final fantasy and it'll just kind of expand upon the way you perceive how games can be played and i don't know i just feel like everyone needs a break burnout sucks yoshi's even talked about in interviews that uh, like eventually he'd like to give up one of his titles either producer or director and i think that'd be a good idea Mm -hmm. if you can just do one of them if you bring in new blood if you can be the producer if you can kind of set the path and then let other people new fresh ideas come in and figure out some shit you bring new ideas and i think that's what the player base really wants right now is new ideas new blood yeah you had to bring new people in to bring in new ideas for them to merge it in with it because you you can't they're trying to keep the same people and have these new fresh ideas come out you can only have so many new ideas for the same topic and takai adds to that we went through a lot with uh a lot to get a realm reborn released but seeing the reaction from the players made it all worthwhile I also remember how Komodo was crying his eyes out at the end of 2014 Fan Festival in Japan. <laughs> I thought, aw, he really is human after all. Aww, you can read the next one. Uh, Soken adds on, We were working on A Realm Reborn at the same time as the original Final Fantasy XIV, so things were crazy back then. That's got to be the toughest job ever. But like Gondai was saying, we went straight from that into Patch 2.1, then 2.2, and Heaven's Ward. And the work just kept coming in. Suddenly I realized this was the busiest I'd ever been. Seriously, I thought this guy was trying to kill me. He'd stroll over and casually drop something on me like, Sorry to dump this on you, but I want you to write the Heaven's Word theme. It's a lot of work to keep a game like this running, but when I see how nuts the players go for all the new content, I feel like it was worth the effort. I'm sure you'll enjoy what we have in store. And finally, Yoshida responds with, a lot has happened in the shift from the original Final Fantasy XIV to A Realm Reborn. There are so many great memories, but the fan festivals with the crowds cheering and screaming really left an impression on me. It was a whole lot more than just an enjoyable experience. In fact, the degree of enthusiasm the fans showed was overwhelming. To see that our game had grown into something that brings people together and generates this amount of hype was incredibly satisfying. 
I still feel exactly the same way now, and it'd be great to bring even more experiences like these to the fans. We'll continue to expand the world of Final Fantasy XIV, and I hope to see you all there. And I think that's awesome. I think it really does seem like these events are just as important for the dev team yes. as they are for oh, the players. Yeah. I know it's for the players to get them hyped for what's coming out so they can sell copies. Yeah. But I think it really does have something to do with the psyche of the dev team as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we had other topics, but that ran kind of long. So You're welcome. It's because of let's, the trash let's, cans. Let's briefly talk about what was the most disappointing thing to happen to us this week, Avi. Mm-hmm. And that was our Palace of the Dead run. That was foiled at floor 125. Because of fucking DDoS attacks and server issues. It was so sad. So we were doing, we're trying to get through all of Palace of the Dead, which I've never done. And it's something I've always wanted to do. And I really want that dark Pegasus because I want to be Stormy from Rainbow Bright so badly. It was like a childhood dream. Um, and yeah, we, we died on 125, not, it's because everybody just kept DC in. And yeah. then, and then literally like on other people's screens, I was dead and I was just standing there hiding on my screen and it was horrible. It was so, it was so depressing. It was like the first day we'd really started playing again since Fan Fest. We got past our Fan Fest blues. Yeah, we're going to do Palace of the Dead. Wah, wah. No, you're going to die, bitch. You're going to die by like this. It was like a parade of, um, oh God, what were they? The, the, what monsters were those? The Minotaurs? Minotaurs. I was trying, I don't know what I was thinking. It was just super, super sad. And I'm the breast in chat. I just want to read what they put. Uh, they call me Vegan Pete. I'm king of not eating meat. When I have tacos, I get fake chicken meat. Fake chicken meat. Fake chicken meat. I think that they're trying to, to do a... That's a primal song for you because the tweet I set out. Ah. That's someone who was just writing me poetry. No, it was wonderful, though. I'm pretty sure that was a primal song. <laughs> I was. He actually really loves fake chicken meat. How did you know? It's the best fake meat. It's his favorite. All right, so I think we'll skip some of these other topics, but I do want to throw out that in the new year, I plan on doing like a MMO comparison, checking out some of the other popular MMOs. So if you guys have one that you really want me to check out first, I would recommend either emailing or tweeting in uh, which one you would like me to play first. Uh, I think it's probably, from what I've heard from people so far, going to be either wow or elder scrolls online but i've also seen a lot of people want me to try blade and soul which i'm not that interested in but if people want it i will try it and i also plan on streaming that while i play it so if there's anything that you guys really want me to play give me a try it's katya's husband the vegetarian who's at fan fest with us for the the turkey dinner oh i hear he's the breast All right, so now it's time for the community roundup, and I don't know if you picked this link out, Avi, but it was the survey from Discord that someone shared with you. Didn't know you wanted me to take that out. Um, <laughs> I said that's what we were doing. That doesn't mean you said get it. <laughs> Shit. Well, you got to talk Well, now. I'll go on to some listener reaction while you get that for uh, the community roundup, partner. And uh, some listener reaction, TJ emailed in, it was great to hear your experience with FanFest was so much fun. I think this community is integral to the game's success and creators like you enrich it. Thanks again for all you do. Shit, I don't even know like what channel this is in, by the way. I don't know either. And on Twitter, Moogle Go Round Radio said, so on the 15th of the Christmas season, we're doing the Christmas episode, oh yeah. 
So you know what that means. At Flattis from Maelstrom Radio and She Heals I Tank and ya boys, MGR Chili and Paul Metal One. Drunk as fuck. Let's go. See you all soon. So I am doing that <laughs> on... Burp. I tried to hold it in. It did not work. Um. Yes, so we will be on Moogle Go Around Radio on December 15th. Check it out. Um, I'm not, I haven't found the link. Um, I don't think we're going to have a community roundup this week, Pete. Uh, well, it will be in the show notes at least. We'll find it eventually. But it was just a quick little survey for people to oh, take. Oh, no, no, wait. Here it is. Uh, so there's a group of femros on Sarge Tannis that have organized a giant leak shell and smaller link show. Oh, from, for femros, and they even have their own website. So this isn't what you said, but this is what we're going to talk about. It's called. Oh, S- that's old. Oh, it's not working anymore either. Well, then. Uh, I talked about that a long time ago. It's the She-Hulk one. It's gone now. She smashed. It's gone. Um, yeah. Then I don't know. I'm sorry. Well, we'll just add that Moogle Go Around Radio to the community roundup. You're the community roundup this week. Moogle Go Around. Oh, radio. I think KK McLeod just shared it. Um, thank you. I was looking at the chat, KK. I could not find it. I was have. I was failing at that. I was looking at every chat room. So I don't think they really had a point to this survey. It was more of just a fun thing to do, kind of like an Eorzean census type thing, or at least that's the that's the thought that I got out of it. Do you agree with that, Ami? I was not listening to you. What's the point of this survey? Fun. Fun. Okay. Fun. Because I asked. So they, they shared this survey, and they're like, hey, would you mind sharing this? And um, it's very quick, you guys. It's, we say survey, but it's like five questions. Um. And I responded with, well, why? I don't want to necessarily talk about this on the, the the podcast unless I understand why you guys are doing it. And then it's it's just for fun. So it doesn't, it just kind of asks like, what race do you play? What sex? What sex are you in IRL? Um, why did you choose this, this, this race? And that's, it doesn't take uh, Fantasia into account, anything like that. It was just kind of a fun thing. So we shared the link. Um, thank you, KK McLeod, for um, sharing that. I was looking through all. It's it's hard to look. I don't know. I was finding every other link but that one. I think I scroll too fast. And it will be in the show notes. And our last tweet comes from Cerizian. Finally getting around to listening to She Heals I Tank do their fan fest breakdown. And I feel attacked early on. Runs away in male aura. We laughed about that like a couple times this week. That was due to you making fun of the aura's running last episode. Well, no, I wasn't making fun. It was saying that you create an aura and then you, you, you used your Fantasia and then you log in and go, I hate the way they run. <laughs> People had told me they did that. So I wasn't like... I've never played a male Aura. I don't care about how they run, but I've heard other people do. I, I know the Highlanders, like the, the female Highlanders have a much more like, wah, 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 like kind of run than the Midlander did. And I didn't expect that. And so like, if you don't play the character on an, like a quick little temporary alt beforehand, before you use that Fantasia, you might like be like, fuck, I just r- wasted real dollars. You know how they have that character. They totally run exactly like the Night Elves from WoW Mog Moxie. That is 100% true. During the character creation screen where they let you pick like the different backgrounds, they should let you just run around a little bit so you can be like. Oh, I would love that. Same. A little like a, be- a beta character creation. Just like let me see what this looks like in game. There's a quality of life adjustment we can all ask for now. Let you me know? run around at the character creation screen. Just, make my fu- make just, sure my character doesn't run around like a dickhead. Just fucking make a character because the, the, the light, you know. All right, so I think that is it for listener reaction, Avi. Thank you all for uh, tweeting in, emailing in. Uh, I didn't get a chance to check any uh, 
iTunes reviews this week, so there might be some new ones in there. And if you like the show, uh, you're going to do this in the outro. Go for it, Ollie. So that's going to be it for this episode. As always, we've enjoyed hanging out with all of you live here on Twitch. Thank you for spending your time with us and for helping me wake up because I was super sleepy when this started. Uh, be sure to hit that follow button so you know the next time we will be going live. And a huge thank you to everyone listening to the podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, the other one, that the thing. And remember, wherever you do listen, it would mean a shit ton to us if you gave our little shit podcast a rating or review or more importantly... Tell your mortal enemy to come check us out. Pretty please. Here with Vegan Pete, I'm Avi Ale, and we will talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.